0: Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly podcast look at the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time, and sometimes the bottom 100 as well. I'm Darren. And I'm Andrew. I'm Luke. I'm Jess. And this week we're discussing Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, Your Perfect Independence Day Fix. This is not a movie that's ranked on the top 250 movies ever made, according to IMDb voters. It is instead placed on the bottom 100. Um, and to, to discuss, joining us to discuss that, we have uh, Luke Dunn, who's been a guest on the podcast before. He runs Film in Dublin. And also Jessica Dunn, uh, who has written for Film in Dublin and Headstuff and various other outlets as well. So thanks very much for coming on, guys.
1: You're very welcome. It's great to be back. It's always good to to come on, even if you're not talking about a film that is good.
2: <laughs> I feel like you may be laying oh. some cards on the table here, Luke. <laughs> Stay just... tuned for <laughs> <Yeah. tonight>. um, <laughs> the suspense. The
0: suspense is palpable. But yeah, we... Um, we again some sometimes we select movies by reference to the random number generator sometimes by reference to particular events that are happening so for example you know t- this weekend will be Independence James, Day. Every
3: episode is a special episode. <laughs> yeah, every episode. Kind of e- like hey Carlton ended up in a coma <laughs> in every episode of oh, Fresh, Fresh Prince. Prince of- uh, yeah. I, I feel or he like... finds out his father doesn't love him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like there was no just kind of like trying to balance two girlfriends at the same time. <laughs>
0: I love the idea that every episode of the 250 should be a clip show. It would save us all a lot of work. It's a very special
3: episode this week, folks. It's for the 4th of July. <laughs> yeah. Like, in a few years' time, we'll get back to the random number generator. We, <laughs> we swear. Will, we will
0: eventually. Well, also what we do is we ask, sometimes we ask guests who are coming on to recommend movies for us. To like Sometimes we'll ask guests, like, what movies are they really passionate about and what they want to talk about and what they want to watch. And actually, funny you should mention that, Andrew, because, I mean, this isn't just... A special for the Fourth of July, which happened this past week. This, no, it's this, an- it's it's double special. <laughs> it's double special <laughs> uh, because we were talking to Luke and Jess, and we wanted to have them both on. And we asked, "What movie would you guys like to talk about?" And you guys settled on Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation, the nineteen ninety four Kim Henkel, you know, third sequel in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. What was Does it about mean it's that the
3: fourth movie? In the franchise? It is the fourth movie in the franchise, okay. third sequel. Uh,
0: what was it about that movie that's kind of jumped out to you guys that made you guys go, yeah, we're going to watch and talk about this?
1: Well, we, we we can talk about this a little bit later, but what jumped out to me about about this movie in comparison to some of the other Drek on the, the bottom <laughs> uh, IMDb list is that this is the first uh, starring role of Renee Zellweger. She had a few other kind of credits before this. Yeah. But this is her first big lead role i say big um and it's also one of the first ones for for matthew mcconaughey as well again he obviously had been in Days and confused which mm. came out before this
0: it was also shot before this yeah. slightly as well and in fact Zellweger i think appears in Days and confused as well i think she's one she's of the girls in, yeah she's,
1: she's like she's in the she's in one of the vans uh, one of the many times of <laughs> yeah. days are confused. Because, um, um, you know, Zellweger, like McConaughey, and, uh, you know, they're, they're both Texan.
0: That is it, exactly. Um, um, this was, again, this was the Austin scene, was kind of coming of age in the early 90s, thanks to the work of directors like Richard Linklater, uh, also Robert Rodriguez and stuff like that. You had an emerging film industry around Austin that was kind of developing and cultivating new talent. And part of that was Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation.
1: Yeah, McConaughey and Zellweger had the same agent, apparently, oh, and oh, yeah. um, good agent. <laughs> yeah, great. Well, uh, like, sorry, <laughs> yeah, much, they much are much good much. to be clear, <laughs> but also, yeah, but uh, yeah. So the the agent had been suggesting that they that they meet up. I think before Dazed and Confused, probably on the basis that they're. Both are Texas two best are be best all clients, sense. um, and yeah, they were talking a bit on days confused, and then got to know each other apparently on the set of this film. They're apparently friends still, you know. Again, I imagine once you move out to LA and that uh, kind of keeping a bit of that Texan <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, street cred, local flavor, and all that, you know, it's probably Hypercure. worth you well,
0: I mean, like, yeah, we have some like again, we have some discussion among the cast and crew of the the Next Generation who have kind of talked a little bit about. Making it and their experiences yeah. as Texans trying to make it in Hollywood and stuff like that, which is kind of interesting. And it's funny you should mention this actually, because you mentioned that this was made around the same time as Dazed and Confused.
1: It, for the first couple of minutes, not dissimilar. We'll get into that. But, um, but yeah, and
3: some of the same lines. I think Matthew McConaughey's first line in a movie. Yeah. Um... It's repeated. Yeah, that's a But uh, no,
0: the, the point I was kind of getting at there is that, and this is kind of interesting. And we'll talk probably a bit more about this later on. The next Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation has developed a bit of a cult following to the point where the Blu-ray edition that we watched was a special 20th anniversary edition of it, which was released in 2017. That's a really good agent. <laughs> That's a great, yeah. a funny. <laughs> oh, the anniversary is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you not Have you not heard this? This is the one where it was made in 1994,
1: right? They um, re, they recut this. Uh, I think it was 96 or 97. Yeah after A Time to Kill yeah. and uh, Jerry Maguire. Yeah. They are like, oh, these people are movie stars. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but apparently what happened is apparently the, the rumor mill is, um, and nobody's come out and said anything and confirmed or denied it. The rumor mill is that that same agent who was responsible for getting them into the movie in the first place apparently saw the movie and was like, dear God, no. What, <laughs> what have I done? What sort of horrible crime have I committed? Uh, and was like, okay, my clients are going to L.A., Nobody must ever see this movie, uh, which is why the film, though it was made in 1993 94, didn't get a proper release until 1997. And there are various rumors about the the agents who tried to bury it, and whether Zellweger and or McConaughey were embarrassed about it at the time.
1: Well, I've I've watched a few interviews with them since, and it's very much one of those. Uh... Oh, that was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Actors that make it to be super successful have that luxury of their their, their terrible kind of start outs being yeah. these like, talk show anecdotes. Uh, and it, they blatantly don't find it fun. And no. I, I never wish to revisit them. <laughs>
4: yeah, that's the... exactly the kind of thing that you'd get on the Graham Norton show that kind of show it to embarrass them. Uh,
1: yeah, Zellweger, I think, was she she does that I, i've seen a couple of interviews they, they're they like oh you're in the texas chainsaw massacre the next generation and she's like yeah i think that's what
3: it's called
0: <laughs> as if it doesn't haunt her nightmares
3: it's
0: actually funny you should mention that because apparently mcconaughey has this very strange relationship about it where he's he's turned it as he pointed out turned it into a talk show anecdote where he's turned the mcconaughey charm way up and you can always see there was this interview where they're asking about it and like you can tell, for a moment the defences drop with McConaughey, and he's like, "That was an absolute disaster." <laughs> and and then you can see a pause, and like the, the the McConaughey brain kicks in, and it's like, "Well, I say disaster. It was actually a great deal of fun."
1: <laughs> um, he's got this story as well about how he got cast yes. in the film, um, where he had gone into audition for some part in it. And, and, or well,
0: he, no, he, he, ro- he, roped up two guys to audition for the role that he eventually right, took the, a film. The with. casting
1: agent asked him if he knew yeah. anyone that would be suitable for a this particular part and he's like oh yeah I know a couple of guys he brings them in, in his, <laughs> yeah. he brings them in in his truck Texan of and he he's like leaving
0: he's actually according to the story that he tells he's literally on the way to Hollywood Matthew McConaughey's in his pickup truck setting course for the like west he, coast if, oh, yeah.
1: he, if he had Google satellite we would have it all ready to go Yeah, and so he's, he's like no, wait a minute he, Like the way he
0: and describes he, he literally he had one foot inside the truck he pauses and he realises and he's like, wait a minute. One of those actors who are great control.
1: at monologuing knows to make up details. Like <laughs> yeah. So he, he, he goes back in and he's like, can I read for this part? And there's like a, a secretary or yes, something at his yeah. desk. And the, the casting agent or whoever is like, here's a spoon. <laughs> Scare her. And he's like, uh, you know, he's acting like it's a knife and he's, he's trying to freak her out. And they're like, you know, you're just so, you're so good, you got the part. I'd say maybe ten percent of that is true. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
3: you'd have but, to hope. Yeah,
2: but yeah, it was a knife. <laughs> <laughs> Everything after that was a disaster. It's <laughs> <laughs> completely made up.
0: Um, but yeah, so it, it was. It was originally supposed to release in nineteen ninety four. Got held back. You know, the agent basically kept it down. Then, as you pointed out, Jerry Maguire happened. A Time to Kill happened, and it was like, well, we are sitting on a gold mine, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, released with a gigantic push poster including like René Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey in giant letters as well the opening credits they, of the movie that we they, just watched is, were they leaning uh, back to back <laughs> like, like, chainsaws like holding failure two, to launch yeah. <laughs> holding two separate chainsaws like a buddy cop movie that we know it was yeah. um,
1: in so, fairness there are other movies that have done that with actors that are barely in it at least in this one they are kind of the two main pretty characters. much yeah, yeah. And they're, like... There's certainly bigger characters in it than Leatherface. Like, I think you mean leather.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, just to provide a bit of context, uh, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre of the Next Generation is the fourth film in the franchise. Uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was originally written by Kim Henkel and directed by Tobe Hooper. Um, and basically what happened is they had a bit of a disagreement over the direction of the franchise after that point. Hooper wanted to push it as a Vietnam allegory and particularly wanted to sort of lean into this monstrous sort of like Americana vibe. He also directed the second one starring um, Dennis Hopper, which famously features a chainsaw sword fight, uh, among many other surreal delights. Um, The third Texas Chainsaw Massacre involved neither of them. The fourth one, which is kind of basically a soft reboot of the franchise, it's literally called The Next Generation Evoking obviously things like Star Trek That's and Texas Chainsaw Nations. Massacre kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is
1: the same movie. Basically. Although, yeah. Apart from a few <laughs> outstanding <laughs> details. <laughs> it is pretty much exactly the same as Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
0: But the thing about it is though that Henkel, who wrote the first movie, had no involvement in the two sequels between it, and wrote and directed this one, he's got this You know The Shining. You're familiar with, obviously, the movie The Shining. And you're familiar with Stephen King's attitude towards The Shining. Which is, this hack director, Stanley Kubrick, came in, completely misunderstood my work. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take this... I'm going to make a TV miniseries, and it's going to perfectly capture... The essence of what makes my work so great.
3: How does Stephen King feel that way? Be, he like, like? Did, uh, well, to be fair, King he directed is... Maximum Overdrive himself <laughs> because he was tired of directors taking his work and creating these kind of monstrosities, like The Shining, <laughs> one of the best movies ever made. <laughs> yeah. um, completely misunderstanding. To be fa- of, to be fair, it's generally the more involved he is in a project, the worse, the worse it, it is. is yeah. What is it? Dreamcatchers yes. as well yeah. is like one that that he was like into. Involved in,
0: and yes, the most notable thing about Dreamcatcher is that it came with a short from the Animatrix airing before it. But yeah, the the, the Henkel basically said, "Look, what I'm going to do is I'm going to remake the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it's going to be my vision of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre." So that's what we're witnessing. Here today. Well, didn't
3: we just see the theatrical cut? We did. Oh, yes, yes, we
0: did. Yes, we did. I believe um, Darren,
3: um, Darren has learned not to subject people to directors' cuts anymore.
0: Um, um, after I made Andrew sit through the, and I quote, international cut of uh, yeah. Leon the Professional, which is very international. Ooh. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so let, let's talk a little bit about Texas Chainsaw Massacre the Next Generation. So, three questions.
3: Generally, just kind of saying. Who? Yeah, I mean, I mean, has anyone? I this is the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie I've seen. Oh god! Just, oh, wow. before, <laughs> just before, we ask our the, those questions, how 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 many of these movies have other people seen? I feel like Darren, you've at least researched <laughs> all four, but have you seen them?
0: I've seen one, two, four. The first two reboots. So not three. I've missed three. Three stars Ken Faree as far as I'm aware, which is a shame because I like Ken Fari. So you've because seen I, them all but one? No, I've missed... The, oh, there have been the more pre- since? There have been more since. I missed the pre I one. Yeah. I, no, well, like, there have been two reboots, so I've, I saw those. So you'd okay. seen... Sorry, I'm very confused. Okay. So there are four films in the original franchise. I have now seen <laughs> three including of Including this. Including this. I've seen three right. of those. I haven't seen three. Um, then there was a reboot franchise. I saw the first one of that, the one starring Jessica Biel and Eric Balfour, which is... It started that whole platinum boom, platinum dune sort of like uh, remake in the early sort of like two thousands. You know that gave us like the hills of eyes and stuff like that. The really schlocky remake. uh, Yes, it was a remake of a Wes Craven movie from the nineteen seventies. And this sort of like really schlocky, exploitative, like really graphic, really violent, really. yeah, very unpleasant remakes. I'm
1: sure it's it's graphic and violent, but for Jessica Biel, vaccinations are scarier than chainsaws. <laughs> um, um, I, I, I
3: think somebody said that like I, I disagree with Jessica Biel on vaccinations, but I'll continue to go for to her for the rest of like my <laughs> medical <laughs> 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 advice. Um,
0: but I, then there was a prequel called Leatherface, which I haven't seen. I haven't found the time to watch Leatherface or the will.
3: Um was
1: there a TV series as
0: well? I think I feel
1: like Oh, there probably series. I mean
0: like like you mean like Nightmare on Elm Street, like Freddy's Dreams yeah. and stuff like that. I think there might have been actually. I'm just going to take a look at the franchise here. I'm going to draw. There's just so many
1: stories you can tell with those <laughs> characters. <laughs> <Yes>. what, <Yeah. laughs> within the
0: Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise as a whole. What's interesting about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is that it is they're generally regarded as being like seven major like horror franchises. Um, in terms of like American sort of slasher cinema, should
3: we guess though?
0: Okay, do you want to guess? See, them
3: more? see if like like because I always forget Envy. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay, the, no Envy, <laughs> <laughs> it's no Envy. You're gone. Uh, it's <laughs> Halloween. Yep. That's Friday more. the Thirteenth. Yep. Do do other people watch though? 99 Nightmare yep. on Elm Street? Yeah. This is one of them. Texas Chainsaw. Yep. Massacre. So you got three more to guess. Uh, what about Christmas? Um, no. Child's Play. Yep. Um, two more
0: oh no actually three more sorry there's eight oh wow so the answers are Psycho, Saw and Scream oh ah. and of those the Texas Chainsaw Massacre because Psycho
3: is kind of like pre all of the kind of 70s and 80s ones that but it I was also, thinking would be in there but yeah it I, runs
0: concurrently like there are sequels to it as well starring mm. again which is kind of vaguely depressing as well and
3: Scream is more recent Scream well. is more recent it feels recent. like a more like and, and I don't feel like they're going to make more, more scream movies no. are they
0: i don't believe so i think four was the end although they didn't make a tv show yeah uh, well they couldn't use the mask yeah they
2: made,
4: they made a tv show oh screen. it's wonderful have you watched oh it? my god it's wonderful yes it's just
3: bonkers
0: is scream is the one with um damn it who's in it what's her name um jessica bale <laughs> <laughs> roberts emma roberts or am i thinking of queen? Um, scream queen that's yeah, scream, scream queen, a scream a scream queen. Scream sorry, queen. sorry. It's I got my screen television franchise. She's one of
1: the Ryan Murphy
0: players. Ah, so, okay. yeah, yeah. Of the ensemble. But do we want to guess where Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of falls within that sort of remit of those? Like in terms of finances, like in terms of box office, how do we think it is in terms of a draw? Quite low, I yes. would say. Yes. Yes. Um,
1: I think, yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I've only seen the first one, but I think it's brilliant. I, I think it's like one of the best horror films of all time. Oh and yeah, we so, watched
4: it in, um, in film class.
1: Yeah, because it's... The big- and, and and that's because it's so well directed, mm. which is interesting because <laughs> like, <laughs> well we'll get to that. The director of this is like, oh, messed it all up, Cooper. <laughs> well, um, let me show you how it's done. But it, it's very much like a '70s uh, film uh, as applied to 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 horror in in terms of the approach, like the the restraint that's in that, the kind of the griminess of it um
0: the blending of it with dark humor and stuff like that as well which is yeah like what,
1: what what people traditionally think of as kind of schlocky violent horror like it's not really that it, it, it's it got that claim that it's based on a true story and it's obviously not but it is it really kind of feels like when you read about a story as grim as what that would be if it were true yeah and the places that your mind goes to the kind of the dread and the grim that your mind goes to there is really what you see on screen yeah the way that it
4: lingers the long takes uh, with the sledgehammer and stuff like that fascinating to see that
1: done much worse
2: (laughs) (laughs) that that would be a good teaching exercise Uh, i don't know if they did that
0: (laughs) (laughs) so we're gonna watch a remake that does it much less efficiently i will say that yes after watching the next generation the reboot doesn't seem quite so bad but yeah so had any of us seen this movie before this movie the franchise before in particular
4: no, I've only seen the first one as well.
1: No, no, I hadn't seen it. I've seen clips, I think, of <laughs> Renee's like
0: a... Ah! is that renee zellweb or is that another character this is
3: no this is screaming the movie it's like scream is in scream. the eighth yeah. and this is like screaming yeah yeah
4: it's like that scene in shrek where they're all just screaming at each other i
1: think that's
3: every child yeah, like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, anyway so yes yeah, so before we jump in three questions right so luke first question for you Do you think that Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Next Generation belongs on a list of the worst 100 movies ever made? Well, you you know how I feel about lists. As a frequent... As, there there's a, a, a podcast frequent
1: podcast voice on, thing. On, on, on this podcast. My disdain is maybe confusing. There's, there's no other choice but to come on this podcast. I, like I don't think that you can quantifiably say what the worst 100 movies of all time are. But
3: You'd have to be an idiot. <laughs> I'm aware of
0: the irony of me appearing on a podcast dedicated to the list to decry the list. So please don't bother to point that out. This but I, I think a
1: list like that should at least have 100 examples of every way that a movie can be bad (laughs) and in that sense i think that this is a very good example of horror sequels and the ways in which they can be some of the worst movies that you've ever
3: seen so yeah i would say yes i mean we already have had oh no we don't anymore lawnmower man 2 isn't 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 that was much worse than this
0: (laughs) (laughs) they have like again this sort of like objects kind of Cred recently by upping the number of votes that required to get on here, so it had a huge culling of kind of movies that myself and Andrew had watched. Ironically, so United Passions is gone, um and obviously Lawnmower Man too. Lawnmower Man is gone, unfortunately. um
3: But United Passions
0: is the biggest loss. Yes, it is. Like, it's yeah. the only.
3: I feel like even though nobody nobody saw that in the cinema aside <laughs> yeah. from.
2: The Russian people story.
0: who are pushed into a cinema with guns. <laughs> $88 at and the US this... box office on its opening weekend. Well, it it yeah. will get more
1: viewings when it is shown as evidence. <laughs> when Seth Blatter goes in, to trial. In
3: the Qatar yeah. <laughs> um, uh, ba-ba-ba, trial.
0: Anyway, sorry. Next question. I'm ready. sorry. So Jessica, what about yourself? Would this be? Do you think this movie belongs on the list of the 100 worst movies ever made?
4: To be fair, it has a lot of entertainment value. Like, it wasn't an awful movie. I think it shows a lot about what is bad about horror sequels, which, you know, I'd agree with Luke on that. But, um, Zellweger and McConaughey are really good in it, in my opinion. Like, I just think, um, that, um, relationship between them that carries throughout the movie is really compelling to watch the way that plays out.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're. Yeah. They are incredible in this. Oh yeah. You, well, can you can tell.
0: You can tell watching it like it's like I would like to see that person again, just not in <laughs> a movie like this, please.
3: Cause with the with 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 a lot of the bottom one hundred movies that are still in and certainly with the bottom 100 movies that were in, that we had to do for no reason. Um, <laughs> oh, no. There was some really bad acting. Like, yes. terrible. Yeah. And, and there's I, there was and some in this as well, to be yeah. absolutely clear. Like, oh, well, oh, but yeah. like, And, like, you've found with stuff like Glitter, like, you'd have people playing kind of smaller roles, and they would be terrible. And you're like, who is this person? What are they doing in
0: a movie? They are actually working on catering that day, and <laughs> yeah, they needed yeah. somebody to fill in. Whereas uh, here like, Duval dropped out.
3: You have actual <laughs> talent yeah. and they have a lot of kind of uh, energy uh, charisma. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Like you can very much see Zellweger, like the things that make her a star, you can see from the moment she's on screen in this, like you can see Jerry Maguire, like yeah. that, that this is like an audition for that. <laughs> For for the first couple of minutes, I I would argue that like McConaughey is good in bits. I don't think he's quite there yet. I no. don't know if that's just it's the...
4: pre McConaughey songs, <laughs> you know. So
2: <laughs> you you
3: you do see every Tom Cruise movie as a horror though, <laughs> <laughs> but that's
1: just because I know that that's Tom Cruise, <laughs> <laughs> the real person. But you know he he is quite good in this. He's very much uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson in Nocturnal Animals right yeah <laughs> that's, that's pretty much I the
0: performance okay I movie. wouldn't go quite that far but it, I think it's it, a little bit better than Aaron Daler Johnson oh it's it's
1: leagues better but yeah, yeah. no no
0: and <laughs> that's where it's pitched it's yeah it's
1: similar kind of energy anyway
0: same uh, idea yeah. yeah and Andrew what about yourself Would you do you think this belongs on a list of the 100 worst movies ever made
3: Um, it's a bit too good to, but there are parts of it that are like terrible ideas. Um, (laughs) Like that shouldn't, yeah. Never
0: have happened.
3: Yeah, but (laughs) like it 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 is a lot of fun. Um and and I did enjoy it. I do like this bottom one hundred. <laughs>
0: this revamp where it's yeah. full of movies that are fun. And you watch. can kind of watch, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, as opposed yeah. to obscure Turkish movies if we, if and we, Russian propaganda films. I feel <laughs>
3: like if I didn't know that this was one of the bottom one hundred movies, I would probably go, be going on about how like oh, terrible it was. <laughs> but but because it is one of the bottom one hundred, I feel like it's I, I was this coming or to it from a point of, well, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: it's no Crimea. Um, no Crimea River. Yeah. <laughs> um i i feel like i'm the person on the podcast who probably had the strongest reaction against it it's oh i don't know i like, <laughs> i can race you on that one oh, but would it be in your personal uh, yeah. i
1: take the point that that the performances in this are good and that it's got entertainment i don't know if i'd put value after that one <laughs> i thought this, this, was this can hear the air area. quotes it's remarkable um but yeah you, you thought it was pretty bad because i, I, thought, it wasn't I bad. thought it was pretty bad um
0: it, it's that thing where it's the combination I and mean, look at the bottom 100 as it stands bottom 100 is dominated by a number of kind of genres of films and we talked about like one of the things about doing the our coverage of the bottom 100 is when they revamped it we wanted to cover as many of those different types of films as possible so we had a lot of say uh young teen girl focus films like say spice world well, that, uh, like say glitter and things like that are movies that's kind of, about, yes yeah, that, that's very where I'm going young with teen that. girl
3: yes. focus.
0: Our horror movies—I thought they're young teen boys. I Absolutely, ne- we would say boys.
3: Really? Because well. I never liked horrors, but I'd always have like uh, it, when it. Sorry, to be clear, <laughs> when I was a young teen boy, <laughs> I would have young teen girls asking me to to, to 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 go. When young teen girls ask me now, I say no.
0: Um, yeah, it's a trap sorry uh, anyway and we're for,
2: continuing the Matthew McConaughey theme of this particular podcast oh God. Yeah.
4: I think for sorry. um for young teen girls the fascination is how real it is for you so you can kind of very easily suture yourself into that situation and understand that fear and right I think that that's where, where that which one of the from. characters
1: in this actually <laughs> has themselves there is that kind of the fascination with or the kind of preoccupation of horrible things happening to you which can happen if you're more likely statistically for horrible things to yeah. happen. To yeah, happen to exactly. Because right. yeah. even but,
4: before it, when she's getting into the car, she's already hesitant. She's already scared because that's a very real threat. But yeah. certainly,
1: it, the teen girl focus, I think, is more that these movies are focused on teen girls in creepy ways.
2: Well, this yeah, is this definitely. is the the slasher gaze final, sort of thing. The Final, final girl. girl. Yeah. 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 I
4: mean, even how it opens, it opens directly with a close up on her mouth, and it's red. It's very kind of there's a lot of kind of virgin imagery going on. With her in the white dress yeah. and the...
0: And I mean, it, the director's play cut... that imagery. The... Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the director's cut makes it even more explicit... Um, we'll probably talk about that in sort of like because Henkel's you vision you didn't
3: make us watch the more explicit <laughs> one
0: there <laughs> the more explicitly uncomfortable version of this particular no we didn't watch the international cut of Texas Chains of of the Next Generation but yeah like so the list the bottom 100 you know it has certain types of films we talked about like ones that are young teenage girl focus like female superhero movies in there as well things like Catwoman for example uh, but we also even have things like Bad horror movies tend to be there. We have talked about like Slender Man, for example, on here. We oh, talked yeah. about the Open House on here, but also like and there's a special kind. of Neither of them were that bad. No, though, neither of them. Were, like I would argue, they're both better than this. But my ish and Luke is kind of wincing at that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, what I was going to say, I, I we've talked before on the podcast about the kind of people that downvote yeah. movies like this, and you know things like spice spice, spice world and, 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 and glitter and stuff like that. And, yeah. they, they, that audience downvotes those movies because like that's the girl's happy meal not yeah. the boy's happy meal mm. right but where horror movies like this tend to get reputations as the worst ever that's again i think that's coming from the same
0: place of well it's not the happy meal that i want
1: yeah like i'm a fangoria reader and i have very extreme reactions <laughs> to things yes. and so like i love texas chainsaw massacre so if there's one that's bad it's like
0: the worst it's the worst thing, thing ever. ever yeah same thing with with the superhero movies like Batman and Robin, for example. Yeah, exactly. Like that sort of thing yeah, where it's, yeah. it, it is the worst thing ever. There's no medium ground there. But at the same time, I've always found a special kind of badness attaches itself to a bad horror film. Because it's just soul-destroyingly boring. Because, I mean, again, horror is a genre that relies on things like timing, execution, framing, composition, rhythm, structure, pace, that sort of thing, in order to, to scare you and to have that sort of visceral reaction. Yeah. And when a horror film is poorly executed in a technical sense, it's much more glaring than when a drama is. Because a drama, at least, you have, like, if you've got a good script, you can fall back on it. If you've got good actors, you can fall back. it. if you've got good ideas, you can fall back on it. Whereas with a bad horror film, it's I've seen all this done before. I've seen it done better. I'm going to sit through 90 minutes of poorly constructed sort of, like, stuff that it, a competent horror movie can do 10 times better than this. And my issue with Texas Chainsaw Massacre is it combines all of the delights and inverted commas of a bad horror film with the rich textural goodness of another two fifty subgenre, another bottom one hundred subgenre, which is the horrifically unfunny comedy. Uh, which <laughs> is a film that thinks it is funny, but is not necessarily funny. Now to be fair, I laughed a couple of times at this. There are some good jokes in here, but it's nowhere near as consistently funny as it thinks it is. Oh no wait.
3: It's it supposed to be funny? like uh, I, I was I was
0: laughing, but <laughs> was there was Apparently it was entirely intentional intended as a satire, laugh? yes. It was intended as a a piece of bite. Uh, Luke is actually wincing. Listeners can't tell. Sorry. Um, this was intended as a biting cultural commentary from its writer and director Kim Henkel. But the parts that
3: were meant to be funny then weren't the parts that I was laughing. I don't
0: think so. No.
1: Yeah. No. That's bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> where
3: are you saying that? Yeah.
1: Where when a horror movie is bad, it's it, it, it's boring. I think a lot of bad horror directors or creative talents are very aware of that and so you often see them try to salvage it by, by leaning into we'll, we'll, we'll make it funny we'll make it a horror comedy and it's always it, it's nearly always bad <laughs> like a satire a satire of what? like what are, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: like, but yeah like a lot of, some of the like dialogue in this though doesn't seem like it would be out of place in something like Halloween which isn't particularly like um, uh, fantastic or funny, like in 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 terms of like the writing.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm thinking more of say the the portrayal of like the nuclear family in inverted commas and the sort of like the uh, honey, I'm home and I brought without getting too specific, I brought food with me and oh, aren't yeah you yeah like the stuff like Natural Born well, Killers was doing around the same time with its sort of like sick comments about danger Dangerfield but it, stuff.
3: But it felt yeah, I I, I don't. I don't think it was, I think it was interesting in, 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 in kind of doing that. And I, while, while I found it funny, I don't think it was going for like a particular, um, laugh line at certain points. It was just trying to kind of be, get that across. No,
1: you know, when a sitcom does a Halloween episode yeah, and they're, they're trying to be a bit spooky but it's still, like... A go then. there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, particularly, like, if you think of, like, say, something like Third Rock from the Sun or <laughs> something like that, and if you just tilt the approach slightly more towards heart that's about where we are yeah, here. that episode where <laughs> they were aliens. <laughs> there's one... There's, one epi- there's, like, an episode of Boy Meets World that I always remember, even though I never really watched that show, where it's, like, they're locked in the school and they're getting killed off one by one. <laughs> I mean, that was... This is pretty similar to that oh, okay. in terms of the competency <laughs> of the horror. Um,
0: all right, then. And then second question, Luke, uh, which is, would this be on your own personal bottom 100? The worst 100 films that you have ever seen? Um, it's dreadful. <laughs> but
1: no, because it's got those two good performances in it. And because if it has any value at all, it's you can see the, the qualities of those two actors from such an early point, And that's interesting. Um, and that's worth watching. Find the clips on, it on YouTube maybe <laughs> rather than watch the whole thing. But yeah, I wouldn't say it's the, one of the, the worst things I've ever seen. I've
0: seen a lot of bad things. Yeah. <laughs> and Jess, actually.
4: No, definitely not. Um, it's not a good film by any standards. But the way that Renee Zellweger is quite clever, you know, we see her saving herself in certain ways through the film. I found that really interesting to watch. So for me, it wouldn't be.
3: And Andrew, um, would it be in my bottom one? Your own, the like? one hundred worst films you ever seen. It's a funny one because, like, the, 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 well, we talked about this in the podcast. Were we we talking been about? Shattered. Do I do I do I get to? Do, is this an island where I bring movies with me? <laughs> so I, are you gaming I, the I system? To, I <laughs> have to trick. Uh, person into thinking that I hate them so that I can
0: bring them with. Like briar patching. are you? Bri- would you briar patch yeah, Texas it's games like you like would that?
3: believe that this could be one of the 100 worst movies of all time, and but and it's good enough that I would watch it. And
0: Andrew's sitting there alternating it with the Shawshank Redemption on this desert <laughs>
3: island of his. Um, so yes. either or. Um, it's, not, it's not that terrible, but it is terrible. Like I think especially towards the end for me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah. yeah.
0: Without getting too specific. And then finally Luke and I think you've already answered this one but just we're going pro forma because this is a list based podcast and we have a list of questions. If people have not seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, if they listen to Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey's agent and have not watched it yet, would you recommend that they pause the podcast, run out, watch the movie, come back and listen to the rest of the
2: discussion?
1: Well, I'd recommend that they, they pause the podcast, run out, and watch The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is exactly what this movie is, except substantially better. Actually scary. And, and yeah, that that's what I would recommend.
2: Um,
4: and Jess? Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um... <laughs> it's because it hits all the same points and, and i then, know you know we all know that horror is kind of reliant on tropes in a way that other genres mightn't be but you know they'll kind of twist it this is point for point texas chainsaw massacre but less good. well <laughs> uh, what you could
1: do is you could pause the podcast put on the texas chainsaw massacre then pause it at certain bits Play the scenes where Renée Sellecki appears. Scene. <laughs> Unpause that. Uh,
0: have two screens, one of them playing Dazed and Confused and one of them playing the original Texas <laughs> so You James have a Asker big pointer. <laughs> yeah. 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 You see?
3: Yeah. Yeah. This, you see what they're doing here? <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. You just get lots of red <laughs> yeah. And tie it all together on a board. All right, all
0: right. <laughs> and Andrew, would you say that this movie is all right, all right, all right?
3: Would I recommend people yes. watch it? I would, you know, like, like, like there, there, there are certain actors that I feel like a, a person would watch a movie for that actor being in. Like I, I will quite happily watch a bad Chris or Walken movie. Yes. And if and there had, are lots of them. Yeah. And I, 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 some of it comes down to the actors being very kind of charismatic or, or Imitable. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, um, listeners, brace yourselves. <laughs> so yeah, brace yourselves. <laughs> um, so yeah, i i I'd, I'd, I'd um, for for anyone who's a fan of McConaughey, and not everybody is actually. So I'd, um, there are like a small number of people <laughs> who, 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 or like, like McConaughey
1: a <laughs>
2: little <laughs> bit of McCallum <laughs> bit of McCallum-y. McCallum-y. <laughs> yes
3: anyway sorry um, apologies for the interruption
0: that's alright <laughs> um,
3: yeah if um, yeah if you're doing a bit of McCannacense uh, <laughs> if you want some historical <laughs>
0: grounding apparently
3: yeah 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 um, check this out
0: alright then um, listeners join us on the other side of the spoiler zone Uh, so Jess, what is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation, about for you?
4: To me, it's about sex. Like I said earlier, like it starts off directly with a close-up of her mouth. like, And throughout the movie, there's just so much with the way that it treats the female characters, where it's very obvious like that's what's happening. It's that kind of fascination and then destruction of the female body, um, especially with the leather, as he's yeah. uh, called in this one. So yeah, um, I think definitely the film concentrates on that.
0: It, it is very much kind of along those lines. It very much does away with the two potential male leads. It introduces four mm. teen protagonists. There is Heather, there's Jenny, there's Barry, and there is... Is it Steve? Stan? Begins with an S. Heather and
3: Jay and Erdione. It might I be Sean.
0: Sean, I think it's Sean, yes. It is Sean, It is yeah. Sean, yes.
3: And then there's one who doesn't say much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he just drives into them. Well, yeah. they drive into him first. Yeah, the first, yes, the first <laughs> victim of the film. He
4: just spent the whole time concussed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, until McConaughey shows up and sort of snaps yeah. his neck. Yeah, but he's the He's film... dead. <laughs> he,
2: he, he's dead
0: now. He's dead now. <laughs> um, sorry. All right, all right. Apologies, all right. apologies I'm to this, this is what the entire podcast is going to be like. <laughs> But no, I think I think you're onto something there because it does get rid of the male leads very, very narrow. the, the nominal male leads, the, yeah, the male protagonists. Yeah, just snaps them immediately. Yeah. I think you, I don't even think you really see Barry. Okay, maybe you see Barry die. Because again, this is the thing where the film is not necessarily it's not the most competently dead. That's it. Yeah, the most competent and most incompetently made film where he gets snapped across the head. And when I watched the director's cut last night, I was like, "Oh, he ducked." And it was like, no, no, he hit him. It was just a really bad. Sorry, which is Barry? Barry is the jerk guy, the guy who's like, I'm dead. Kill me already. Okay. Yeah. Oh, dad! When dad finds out, I'm gonna be so dead. Well, to
1: be fair, you can't kill him because that would be illegal. My dad's a lawyer.
0: <laughs> I thought his dad was a doctor. But either. And you it's great have when... him
3: being killed like properly. Yeah. Where you see him like definitely dead, <laughs> oh. or. You kind of kill him, like happened. And then, at some point, he jumps out and is like, ah! He just sort of staggers through yeah, the yeah, lyrics. yeah, Like, like which, which, which will kind of stop René Zellweger for like another minute from being killed while he gets it's properly, properly killed, killed this time. Yeah. But um, they do neither of those things. It's, it's like they forgot.
0: It's worth noting that Tyler Cohn, who plays Barry, when you watch the special features on the DVD and read all the interviews... He's very old. Is that what? Is that what <laughs> remarkable? Like, like all teen characters <laughs> yeah. in, in these like sorts of movies, he's yeah.
3: like fifty-six yeah, years old. Sort of, he has his pensioner <laughs> pass and he gets on the
0: bus. But um it's great when when everybody talks about like the guy playing Barry Tyler Cohn, who has done very little outside of this. They're like, yeah, you know, casting Barry was the easiest thing to do because Tyler, he's just. He's Barry. (laughs) And then there's always a pause. Similar to that moment where McConaughey's brain kicks in and he's like, oh, it was terrible, but I had a lot of fun. It's like, but like, a nice Barry. Like the best of Barry. That's what we mean. Um, Yeah, but it it is, it's weird how it, like Barry gets smashed on the head, dragged into the freezer room, is never seen nor heard of again. Yeah, But it does mean that the film, you're right, Jess, that it focuses on the two, on Heather and on Jenny um, as a result of that.
4: I find it really interesting the way leather is in this film versus like Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Where in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the reason that he's so terrifying is because he's dehumanized. He's huge. He's so strong. You know, there's there's kind of a sense of just complete dread. Like there's no getting away from him. Whereas with this, we repeatedly see the characters get away from him; like he's not very effective. And stabbing him with a cattle as well, yeah.
0: yeah. The W sort of like whapping him. Sort of Being whacking. told to shut up. <laughs> one <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wailing terribly. Yeah,
4: it really oh, takes away yeah. from from the kind of power yeah. there.
0: Oh. Yeah, and like in,
1: insofar as this is one of the the big eight kind of American horror franchises, that comes down to. You know, Leatherface being like an iconic horror character, and this really salts that <laughs> entirely. <quite laughs> I would say, like it, it goes to show because you don't think of characters like that as being great acting performances because the actor is so kind of hidden from you. Yeah. But, uh, but it, when you see this performance, it just goes to show the massive difference between in, that and yeah. Yeah. Like the, or, I, You need I don't the
4: restraint. You need. It's like it's the Jaws effect. It's Showing just enough to create the fear and the doom, and you know, but not showing so much that it takes away from it, and you're not as scared. The yeah. less you see, the more it plays on your mind. And
1: as well, like the I, I don't remember the name of the person playing leather in in this, but they get a and introducing credit. Uh, that's really. <laughs> Uh, considering the other stars, really wrong-headed because the, it's it's a it's a really it just to me was a really bad performance. Like you can see, the body language is. It's
0: Robert jacks who also provided the music. The yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this it's worth it's worth noting, by the way, that like the um the budget of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is about one hundred and forty thousand dollars at the time. The sequel, starring Dennis Hopper, um and featuring a chainsaw jewel um got two point six million dollar budget. Uh, this had a budget of six hundred thousand in the mid nineties, which is pocket change. Yeah. Um and you can oh. kind of see that on screen. I think to you a can certain see that. In the, There's in some the, very shoddy sets. Yeah, yeah, I th- the props, like
1: the yeah. the the mask is really bad. And yeah, it's all the worse uh, to to your point about Jaws because they're showing it in broad daylight. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah, the, that's yeah, the most egregious thing. I'm like,
0: what on earth are they doing? <laughs> Who just makes
3: that
4: choice? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a choice. It's like you
0: know what the climax of this Texas Chainsaw Massacre needs: yeah. um, Leatherface in a prairie at the, like several hours after sunrise. Yeah, yeah. why is right it daytime day as well? I mean, it's a horror film. So bell, should we talk about it the, the, the end
1: now? Because I've the most to say. About it. <laughs> <laughs> or do you want to loop back? to um, it?
0: No, no, no. We'll we'll go to the end. This is a non-linear. That's that's sort of let's go with it. That's sort of where the conversation takes us.
1: I really I I mean I don't know for sure, but that to me had all the the hallmarks of a hastily reshot ending because whatever they had to begin with. that you can if if you're telling me that that was the original idea, that's so much more damning. <laughs> Okay, let's because let's... the story that they end up with here is so incoherent. <laughs> yes. that I assumed that they're like, oh no, we got to explain it a bit more. And usually, when bad storytellers do that, they end up making it even more confusing. It's like smearing your hand all over a paint. <laughs> You know, i'm glad I just, that you said painting i'll just um, fix this but, uh, <laughs> what did you do before you smeared your hand all over the painting but, uh, this is like Dougal just trying to get the nick out of the car because right? yeah. <laughs> at the end it uh, you know it's it's exactly a texas chainsaw massacre all the way through pretty much uh remote control legs aside but you get to the end zawa gets running away and there's uh, satirical <laughs> uh, american like a uh, couple in an rv is the first thing road mary's
0: yeah, yeah. bloody mary uh, first of all uh, what, time are, yeah, what time is it in the morning Stay well that's a- the
3: time to have bloody mary's they're a breakfast cocktail <laughs> they okay? they're like a mimosa yeah
0: all of the
4: driving we or see Bellini. in this film has alcohol it's very strange <laughs>
0: yeah
3: <laughs> this is america different. in fairness um texas is a different any country yeah. TV TV is seriously there. no yeah. like you see uh, like i think i keep coming back to it but in la la land where <laughs> she goes to get her car at the end of the night only reason she doesn't drive home is because it's being towed. <laughs> the scene later on where they're looking for their car. To they were, drive
2: they were walking for a long time. For a
1: long, <laughs> long time. Gets sober up. Yeah, they're going...
0: I love the idea that everybody else in the movie has sobered up as well from the, but, running, the vigorous running. But yeah. anyway, yeah. So, so you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. There's there's she's couple, getting away.
1: Yeah. He's going to swing the chainsaw around. But then... Cause
2: <laughs> it's not, face not enough is to like have this... Chasing meal.
1: after the RV. And it looks like she's getting away. And then suddenly, somehow the RV the...
0: swerves off the road up yeah. an embankment of like a knockdown log and branches yeah. tips over
1: <laughs> the, you know the, the 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 family are chasing after Zellweger um and then <laughs> it, it, then the North by Northwest homage kicks <laughs> because <Who was> that <laughs> the, the big yellow plane the big yellow who flame? was that what who was that it was the shady, it was the secret Illuminati organization that secretly runs yeah. the world? Yeah, Why?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that this like, is where we're going to talk about Kim Henkel's vision in a moment, I suspect, in inverted commas. But yeah, McConaughey is killed by a, a pesticide spraying plane, and then he's
3: like a robot.
0: Or a, I, if but, it was well, by
3: fair, I... West, though, it would have also crashed into the RV. <laughs> yeah,
0: I do kind of I like the to be fair. You know, I I have been and will continue to be very harsh on this film, but part of me adores the artful shot, artful in inverted commas, shot after McConaughey has been killed by, again, a pesticide spraying plane propeller, uh, where the camera sort of pans down to his little robotic leg that's twitching one last time. Um, Don't I,
1: even bring <laughs> up the robot leg now. Cause I did really, no, really <laughs> like...
3: Um, when René Zellweger is running through the kind of I don't know what is it, like a field um, prairie. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but in um, when McConaughey is in the truck, uh, yes. uh shining the lights of the truck. I thought that was a good kind in the of trees. a shot. Uh, just before she uh, she reaches the trees. Oh, yeah. It, it felt like I was watching maybe a good
0: movie. A proper movie. horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, a proper sort of grungy, low-budget, sort of video-nasty horror film yeah. to a certain
2: extent.
1: Yeah, because, again, in in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, probably the best sequence in that, or the, the one that really always stands out to me, is when they're running through the, the, the woods and you can see so little of what's going on. Yeah. yeah. And it's so disorienting and like the lighting and all that. It's it's you're not really meant to see teens running in in fear you're meant to be kind of there with them experiencing Mm. sort of viscerally yeah Yeah. this isn't quite done (laughs) as well as that but it was still kind of one of the one of the better bits of uh, of this there were
4: moments where it was not
1: shot during the daylight (laughs) 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 yes Kim
0: Henkel we are putting you on blast apparently (laughs) (laughs) It didn't have a limousine <laughs> pull out of nowhere
1: horror sequels this is what I mean why this is a good example of them they kind of they get into this thing a lot of the time where they have to expand the mythology ways that are incoherent and
0: unnecessary
3: Mm. that limousine like would have been expensive for a six hundred thousand dollar budget movie
0: yeah no that's where all the budget went it's like that's why we can't afford a good leather face mask (laughs) it's because we gotta have the limousine (laughs) the the
1: illuminati mythology is too it's more important (laughs) than the the chainsaw massacre (laughs) (laughs) um,
3: how much were the two car crashes worth I don't know. Well, again, Three. I don't have the budget. There to are have lots account. of uh, car crashes in this. Yeah. Like, those can't be cheap.
1: thing as a cat. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Um, Why
3: do
4: car crashes? Like, for a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, there's not much chainsaw action. No. At no. all. Does
3: anyone get killed by a chainsaw? boy. Nope, no. But well,
1: see, that—that's that's, not the, one person. that's the, the thing about chainsaw massacring is that (laughs) it's a very scary prop because chainsaws in real life are so loud and so dangerous Mm. but when you're doing a horror movie like the practical effect of cutting up a person with a chainsaw is Mm. like very messy and very expensive (laughs) (laughs) there's
3: more horror in that one scene in scarface with the chainsaw with the chainsaw Mm. There's
0: like more, that, ch- yeah, chainsaw related horror. It's horrific.
3: And... Yeah, yeah, and, then, and now is the
0: left leg.
3: I remember seeing that movie and think, and because this is spoilers for every movie, but that doesn't yeah. really spoil <laughs> Scarface. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, um, and thinking that that was his brother, um, in it is, and, and it being even more like kind of horrific because I had obviously missed some, <laughs> some part of the movie point. or was, wait, I, I think it was playing in a bar with the sound off <laughs> <laughs> like with music playing and people dancing and the person's like it's, when, being, it's great I mean, when you
0: tell me the story i can picture andrew like dancing until it catches the corner of his eye and the slow cameras zoom in on andrew's face as he gets sucked in yeah <laughs> but what's he doing with that change he's not following health and safety practices
1: but there, you know in, in in the original film there's a couple of threads of logic to it which is first of all as i say it's a it's a terrifying idea to be with <laughs> a chainsaw but also yeah. within the film itself you know uh they're they're kind of running a underground abattoir they're they're cutting up people yeah they're sending stuff off to the local butchers barbecue yeah, yeah. thing and all and all that whereas in this it's A sequel to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And that's where there's chainsaws.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're contractually obliged to have a chainsaw. Like, I mean, there's a moment where Leatherface picks up the chainsaw and you hear the revving of the chainsaw. But who enters the scene? Matthew McConaughey and his mechanical leg, which is a very strange choice whatsoever. And it does feel, and again, this gets back to Henkel, who, again, the Stephen King approach to The Shining, where he felt like his vision of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre probably involved a lot less chainsaws. In particular, well, <laughs> he was he was very adamant that, you know, like what Hooper had done with his Vietnam allegory, like the and again, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a mat- metaphor for Vietnam. This idea of kids getting hacked up and sort of turned in process and sort of like fed into a meat grinder and how that reflected sort of contemporary anxieties at the time. Uh, whereas Henkel was like, no, 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 no. that That's not what I was saying at all. And apparently what Henkel was saying... What do we want to talk about? Let's talk about the Illuminati first and then we'll circle back to the other stuff. I'm glad someone is talking about the Illuminati. (laughs) It's a very 1994
1: movie. I thought what Henko was saying is that chainsaws don't cut up people, they cut up chimneys. Yeah. People because, cut up people, Luke. <laughs> because there's a scene in this where the chimney gets cut up people. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. More than
3: anything
1: else, yeah. in order to create projectiles for for <laughs> Renee's to avoid. Yeah, which I'm, is you're so close to figuring
2: out the scene. What was that about?
4: What was
1: the, that for? the actor couldn't clearly move around very much on that roof, so he couldn't chase after. So they were obviously they needed like, like well, peril. They needed someone to generate is, peril. Let's just knock down this this chimney. We're going to be tearing it down at the end of the
3: day anyway. <laughs> but uh, there was that door that they destroyed, and Matthew McConaughey is really upset about <laughs> how his w- everyone is yeah. uh, upset about how their well, brother Darla. Darla destroyed cool. yeah. the the door. But if they were going to destroy the door, why not actually have a chainsaw cutting through it instead yeah. of <laughs> just the so chainsaw failed. kind yeah. of like uh, clearly like it, it it's not kind of. An actual uh, chainsaw that's going because mm. you don't see like a whole lot of wood like kind of ripping out yeah. of it.
4: it. just kind of pops
3: it out. Yeah, you can kind of
4: tell yeah. that that wood l- wooden panel wasn't in, exactly. and it just kind of it's like a punches stage through.
3: through. Yeah, yeah.
1: Fake door proof of the Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, it, it's this is a very 1994 kind of film in that regard because again, it's tapping into that whole sort of like fear. There's this motif running through it about, and again. I'm wary of doing the thing where Darren gives bad movies far too much credit. So please feel free to stop me. If, at, they,
1: if they start off giving themselves too much credit though.
0: It's, it's very okay. easy to just get kind of cut off. Um, this it is sounds a, like he did have a
3: vision. He did have a vision to be right. fair.
0: And one of the things that I find and again interesting. Not good but interesting about this particular movie. Is the way in which it it's tends. to come after you. I know. The... <laughs>
3: <laughs> just to be clear. I don't think this is good, but I did think this is interesting. You're an idiot! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it exactly.
0: This is what the internet's response will be. But one of the things I find interesting about the next generation is this preoccupation with like modernization and globalization that's happening sort of within it. And it's very much in that spirit, it kind of fits with what was happening in in terms of like 90s horror and things like the X-Files, where the X-Files was constantly about these weird monstrous things that lived in the woods, but the woods were constantly shrinking, like things like expansion, you know, so you had like communities that were getting larger and reaching and sort of like connections, and there was no longer space for, there were no longer shadows in which monsters could hide. And what that actually meant... All those
3: meant, monsters from Fer and Gully. Yeah,
0: that, yeah, they just have to sort of go... You know, When they're sort of like tearing down and building strip malls, all those monsters were kind of dispossessed and kind of had to go into the wild. We'll scare for food, that sort of thing. <laughs> but one of the things that I like about The Next Generation is the idea that Henkel kind of... And again, playfully in inverted commas and not entirely successfully, is he gets at this idea of modernizing that archetypal Texas chainsaw massacre, sort of like family or group or dynamic. So you have things like, to pick a couple of examples... Like when the kids, the kids are only a mile away from civilization when they're at the house, they're able to walk the distance into town. When they get into town, there's a creepy old sort of like a beat up gas station across the road. And because they're kids and because they've probably seen horror movies, I don't know if they've seen horror movies, but they decide to go to the newfangled one, the room, which has a clapper. It's, you know, it's a portable home, basically. It's very hip and modern. And you've got, you know, Darla sitting in there. And you've got like even without that, you've got things like, for example, McConaughey's got like a mechanical leg. Vilmer's got a mechanical leg. He's kind of he's, he's transhuman to a certain extent. Breast he's, implants. Yeah, she's got breast implants, but it's very much like this all is the the, Johnny Pneumonic. Sort of. <laughs> but he, but he, even things like you know, for example, the fact that W has is well read in inverted commas, where he's quoting not just he starts out quoting Ulysses S. Grant, But a he moves union on General. Copy. Yeah, interestingly, <laughs> uh, he's but, like
3: I love Union Generals. <laughs> and Renaissance Italians
0: yeah uh, that's it exactly and he moves on to like that's William Shakespeare Um, but like this idea or even things where like when Darla's coming home at the end of the day to her husband she's a working woman now this sort of like you know this sort of outdated sort of gender role specific sort of like hick family incest sort of cliche she's crashing that glass ceiling she's working nine to five she's picking up food on her way home it's pizza and I like love that the when,
3: 90s modern yeah. convenience
1: yeah. food yeah
0: like she's listening to when first
3: the of all it's getting cold she keeps yeah. saying I do appreciate the movie's
0: A uh, of, attention to the with food waste yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but even things like when Vilmer is going to like run down um not Steve Stan Sean uh, Sean Sean when Vilmer's when gonna run down Sean it's not Vilmer is it Filmer in the truck it is yeah and he backs over him he backs his. over him remember back and forth oh
3: yeah, yeah. he says like uh, hey uh, uh, back off man yeah <laughs> and it's like I will back off and All then I'll put year. it in drive <laughs> yeah.
0: and then reverse again yeah. but like when he puts he takes out the tape that he's gonna play and it's not hillbilly music it's like sort of like 90s rap early 90s rap music that's playing over it Was when it? yeah when it has that sort of like hip beats sort or of like Will Smith you're, style you're the expert here on, on early expert. 90s rap scene in the morning. But even things like, for example, when Darla's driving home, she's listening to, like, ED, you know, sort of dance music on on the radio as she's sort of playing as well. So you have this idea of, like, this modernization of this kind of stereotype of rural Americana, which isn't good to be absolutely 110% clear the movie doesn't develop no, in no, any I interesting enjoyed, ways. But I
3: enjoyed a few kind of lines of it where they're kind of doing the whole kind of, um, you know, mon, mundane domestic, kind of, bliss domestic sort of thing. stuff. Yeah. Like, you're embarrassing me in front of company. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy. Um, the, um, but even, said, why, aren't, why aren't my batteries charged?
0: Yeah, well, that um, sort of, honey, <laughs> uh, how was your day? She says as she comes yeah. in and he's yeah. like, how was my day? Why aren't my batteries charged? Um, and that's sort of like, and again, it's telling that the climax of the film comes down to a literal fight over the remote as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, yeah.
1: Um, and, you know, like... It is, I suppose, with the Illuminati angle, it is technically about how disenfranchised, ignorant Americans <laughs> can be exploited for the wider machinations of sinister
0: government. Not the government, Luke. You don't think the government's behind this? The
1: people controlling the government. So I suppose it is technically prescient and insightful. Technically prescient and insightful?
0: Yeah. Um, But, you know... Again, it, it taps into that idea in the 90s where you had, as a result of, like, George H.W. Bush's infamous New World Order speech in, like, 1990, you had this whole wave of kind of fear about, like, again, cabals and conspiracies. Stuff like, for example, The X-Files, but even, like, JFK and those sort of Oliver Stone conspiracy movies. And, again, I think Stone is an influence here, like things like the domestic sort of family stuff, which plays very much like that sort of sitcom stuff from Natural Born Killers, for example. Um, and, I mean, I don't think it does it well. And, to be honest... Some of the way in which it does it is not um, reflects certain perspectives that are maybe not entirely um, not entirely comforting. Like so, for example, it's telling that the representative of the Illuminati. Did we catch his name by any chance? No,
3: he did look a lot like Ben I thought
1: Mendes. that was Wilmer
0: because, <laughs>
3: yeah. it, like, the
0: the Wilmer
3: uh, is Matthew is... McConaughey, and everyone else is talking about when Wilmer is going to be home.
0: No, he's he's Wilmer. Wilmer is Matthew McConaughey. Oh. It's Rothman rothman which plays into yeah there we go which plays into all sorts of uh he's yeah. got, he's got little knockers on him he's he's got like a. oh
3: my god i forgot about that yeah.
0: what was that about it's yeah. because he's foreign he's ambiguously foreign he's french he's got a jewish surname and he's got piercings um and again you have this thing like even with leather in inverted commas where leather is like a I I Did don't he want to finance s- the movie. I don't want to describe leather as like uh transvestite or transsexual because obviously that's an incredibly crass thing. Is she also a dra- is he a drag queen to a certain extent? Like I'm, what is going on there? But it feels like the movie is trying to do that thing where in the 90s you had this paranoia around gender identity and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: Leatherface does that in the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, just not, not to the same extent. Leatherface is yeah. crass, dress. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Um because it's based on Ed Gain, isn't it? It's, it's inspired by Ed Gain, the yeah. serial killer, right? Yeah. 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 So you you have there. Like, I don't
3: think we offend all cross dressers no, when no, we no. say that <laughs> their face yeah. is cross dress.
1: But so there you again. You have the the good movie has an idea based off of you know an actual event. It, it's grounded in something yeah, yeah. coherent because there's a real life uh, serial killer that does that. So therefore it's creepy. So therefore I'll throw it in. It's kind of that's the kind of. Jumping off, but... Inspiration, you know, it's it's not... That's also how you get
0: Buffalo Bill in, say, something. labs. Yeah, and, like and
1: you can then later kind of question it and question the, the problematic aspects of it, but that wasn't the consideration at the time. I wouldn't think it's, oh, that serial killer, really, that would be creepy. Whereas here, you know, because other aspects of the film are based off of, well, I've got something to say, yeah. I think it does leave itself more open to... What are you trying to say with this? Yeah, did you yeah. get me? Especially because, like Jess was saying, uh, with Leatherface, they they recreate the uh, the putting on, See, lipstick, putting on lipstick, which yeah. Zelliger yeah. does at the beginning of the movie because she's going to pr- Zelliger is going to prom, which the characters leave. <laughs> Immediately. Because yeah, yeah. we it can't control teenage extras. the whole thing, prom is going on. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the same It's probably time.
3: the best prom ever. <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> Those <laughs> four <laughs> creepy kids <laughs> were. Oh, yeah. We should have
1: loved that film. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were was, there some interesting later, characters at the, the prom. Because there's the scene at the beginning where the, the teacher is kind of asking where Sean is. Because she knows that, that, that Sean's kind of a cad. And Heather gets really upset. And there's this other character that kind of stutters through. Don't mind that teacher. She's just, a d- but she kind of it takes like forever because she's kind of stirring like all the way through it. Going yeah. And wrong then with her. neither we of those characters are in
0: any way developed.
4: seemed I kind of thought when that was happening that it was like she had been cheating with the guy, and that's but that just went nowhere. But so. well, no. well,
1: to, well, Barry to, had been cheating. To your point yeah, about but did she
4: know or what was that? Jeff,
1: to your point about how it's a film about sex and about uh, you know young young women and all that. Mm the the girl calls the teacher the teacher is obviously just down full of Heather who's the popular girl mm. and there is kind of a lot of Heather,
0: Heather describes herself as a at one point as well yeah. and then Bobby uses that later on as well to throw back at her yeah there's a lot of Jenny like
4: says some interesting things in the car at the start about sex and you know how men will kind of use these you know, lying excuses, to yeah. yeah to try to get. I sex, thought that was some of was the cell best
1: work in the movie. I thought yeah. that was really well done because it Underfraid. gave it gave a sense of her character as you know kind of intelligent and mm. self yeah. but more uh, aware
0: than these, those sort of virginal characters tend yeah. to be in these movies right? uh, yeah
1: mm. like she has a self worth that you don't yeah. always see with yeah. characters like that like Sean an is an amazing kind of body trung... <laughs> <laughs> he's seen her <laughs> in, Jim, in, in, in gym, in gym, according yeah. to Heather yeah. but like Sean kind of throws back at her like oh you're a virgin And that's Bobby okay. by the way
0: Sean is her boyfriend Sean is the guy who ends up strung up on the back of the truck Bobby is the Bobby oh, is the asshole guy, yes the, the jock. Right, Bobby is the guy who can get prostrate cancer
4: He's the one who went into a bathroom that was grim in some many ways.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was like,
4: this is fine. He
0: really yeah. needed the
1: bathroom. Yeah. And also he didn't trying to go, go that was. much but though. But he didn't he only notice. He had a
0: teeny little <laughs> <Yeah>. tinker. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he, he didn't notice. Obviously, the the wallpaper made of human skin. Yeah. I know he walks
4: past the skin thing, but it's like, it was (laughs) very obviously (laughs) horrific. And it's only when he sees a corpse that he's like, oh no. It's
0: like, it was horrible. Yeah, that sort of like sandpaper thing they got going on here is actually quite nice. I'm going to make a note. My dad is an interior interior designer. That
3: (laughs) bath right in front of him when he was walking in. Yeah, see, that's
1: when you talk about bad writing and stuff like that. Obviously, what stands out more is if you're trying to talk about themes or ideas and you kind of don't pull it off or your your themes are kind of muddled or, or whatever. But scenes like that always stand out to me as the best examples of bad writing. Because the scene is that he goes into the bathroom.
0: No, as you point out, the scene is he's just been threatened with a shotgun yeah, by a no, stranger. But so <laughs> yeah, like- the,
1: the purpose of the scene is for him to become aware that there's something horrific going on in yes. the house and to run out and then get bopped by Leatherface. But they don't know how to get him into that room. <laughs> <laughs> like it, and it's it, yeah, those no, are the yeah, banalities yeah. of writing. That's where it so, gets yeah. that's where it gets tricky. The that's where the it, professionals yeah, yeah, yeah. come but in. But why not is, have, how do you get you in just... his room uh well he needs a piss. Uh, so he's like hey man leave me alone I'm going into your house
4: yeah he's threatened what? with a shotgun and he goes it's fine I wanted to pee anyway, I wanted to pee no, anyway. not only
2: was he threatened okay, by I'm a shotgun the it's fine
4: meanwhile his, he heard his girlfriend screaming yes. it's not we actually don't need to establish that he knows that something bad is happening in there because he already
0: did
1: oh that's just my girlfriend
0: <laughs> yes there's no threat to me it's fine okay. more importantly but be fair, I need w to take did a did tell piece. him not to worry Mm. And I mean w is a man who is very well read. he knows what he's talking about. Why wouldn't you take w at his word
1: and yeah, it's just one of those things that stands out to me where he's like oh I've got to take a piss anyway and, I, and like there's other scenes in the film where characters say things like that they're going to do or they they're just having conversations because the film isn't really sure what they should be doing at that moment, like the the conversation about i'm um, well i'm you know, yeah. mm. the film has those characters going from point A to point B and it's not confident enough in itself for them to just be quiet Yeah. <laughs> or to, or if, if they are to be talking for them to talk about something that matters to the, the film. So they end up talking about random shite. I think I
0: am, I'm going to give Henkel a tiny bit of a pass on, on that one, okay. I think, because this is again tin foil hat on Darren going crazy. Feel free to tell me I'm giving far too much credit here. But what if? Hear me out here. What is this if?
3: Ba- is, is this based on something that the director has said?
0: And I'm like, <laughs> or is this I'm like, just I want to say.
3: So it's Hang the up. 90s, right? <laughs> Manifest Destiny. Manifest Destiny. Um,
0: yeah, no, standard Darren Charles <laughs> No, no, but I mean, one of the interesting things about, and again, this is the director's cut. The director's cut makes very few changes to the film, generally speaking. It adds and removes a second here or there. It uses an alternate take here or there. It is actually a much worse film, which is quite astounding, um, having watched both versions of the film. But the biggest addition that the director's cut makes, or that was removed from the director's cut into the actual cut, is, well, first of all, the director's cut is set in 1994, this cut is set in 1996, because that's when the film was released. But second of all, that opening scene with uh, Renée Zellweger, or Jenny putting on the lipstick and the makeup is immediately followed by a sequence in which her stepfather very clearly tries to assault her. Um, and in which the news that's on the radio, you can hear it in the theatrical cut, you can hear the argument happening outside, but the argument between his mother, her, her mother and her stepfather is much more vivid and explicit in... director's cut as well and part of me is wondering if and again maybe giving far too much credit here but Henkel using and again this is something that the text the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre does much better as well with with its idea of the perversion of the, the heteronormative family and things like that But this idea of contrasting the dysfunction at the heart of Jenny's own family with her, you know, parents who are even in this cut not happy. But this idea of gender roles where you have like Bobby in the car talking about how he treats women. But you have even Heather who's talking about like the role that she plays. Mm. She talks about her mother being married to her father and she's never happy and she's not happy and she's not going to be happy. But she's married because that's how she gets the life that she thinks she wants. And so she'll settle for that. And you have this conversation as well they're wrong with film and Dar and Darla, where you know the Rothman is like, "I don't even know why you stay here and she's like, i you know why I stay here, you know that sort of thing where you have this idea of the family being a perverse trapped unit, and you have this idea and it's a frequent horror trope it occurs in films like it's goes way back to to things like to pick an example of it's a good life from the Twilight Zone to pick another example, but you have this idea of like women traveling being abducted by families and being sort of co-opted into families. It was very popular in the 70s. And again, in the context of things like the Twilight Zone movie, for example, but things like you pointed out the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But here you have this idea of the family playing at the idea of being a family. Like they literally have a like a family dinner which is now pizza as opposed to being the roast in the original film or the meat in the original film but where you have these stuffed again these taxidermy kind of figures where you have again Grandpa um, which is (laughs) one one of the best laughs in the film is where Grandpa who I think was killed in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 looks like he's been stuffed and mounted and is I sitting thought he on the was boat. alive that whole time did you? yeah okay. well, that was some bad dead acting then I could yeah. see him breathing so, <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah I've seen the thought. first
0: one
1: where he's there at the top <laughs> yeah. of the table and he looks like a corpse and then it turns out he's alive yeah so I knew that they were going to do that again but worse
0: <laughs> yeah fair point point. and he, the chair is actually carried over from the original film as well actually the is it one of it's... the
1: original actors because I know a couple of them are in here and that guy did
0: look familiar I don't know he always reminds me of have you seen I Think You Should Leave yes um, <laughs> So he looks exactly, exactly
2: like that yeah. <laughs> yeah. you have no good car ideas
3: <laughs> that uh that happened as well did you see that uh, there, there was a car accident where <laughs> where the steering
0: wheel flies up and goes through the window yeah i mean that, that, the, that he was right yeah he was indeed obviously he picked this stuff up the part of me one is again, and maybe I'm giving this this movie too much credit in that regard, but this idea of Jenny as a character He looks
3: very astutely he aware. He loves of, his mother-in-law. <laughs> he admitted it.
2: Um, Sorry. If, if I flip this bubble anyway. Um, if I flip this knife.
0: But as Jess was saying, like it, it is a movie about sex to a certain extent, and I don't think it's particularly thoughtful about it. I don't think it's particularly astute about it. I don't think it says what it's saying particularly clearly. But if we were to give Henkel the benefit of the doubt, is there something in the way that Jenny is introduced in the back seat, like literally critiquing the gender roles of Darla and Bobby, and her escaping that horrific family life? Um, Darla or I, I Heather? Think so. Oh, sorry, Heather. Apologies, Heather. Yes,
4: I think so because there's that moment. You know that moment in like every '90s kind of rom-com where the girl takes off the glasses and it's like, oh, she's pretty now. They have that moment here. Her yeah. glasses what? are like knocked off and then they reference it later. That, yeah, Vilmer you
0: know, literally tears off his glasses and it's ironic because yeah. he wants her to look at something. Yeah, And he's like, let me take off your glasses <laughs> so you can get a clearer look at it. Because yeah, you're but... and you obviously <laughs> don't need yeah.
4: But Darla says it later and is talking about her being attractive and they're looking in the mirror together. I thought that was an interesting moment to include because of that being a trope in rom-coms. Yeah.
0: Mm. Where are sort of brushing her hair and is like, yeah, yeah, you're very pretty without your glasses and stuff like We're kind of a relationship <laughs>
3: where... Jenny trusts is uh, it is isn't it? Uh, yeah. Trusts Darla the entire time
2: yeah. up until the Are moment. you gonna help me? Or are you yeah. Are you gonna help? And it, and
0: like? She goes into the back of the
3: boot and says, "Would you keep it down?" It's like, "Yeah,
0: I'm sorry." Yeah. I if I tear you a new air hole, are you gonna keep quiet? The boot that's open. <laughs> she's and on. there's
4: like kids walking by. Yeah.
0: And yeah. she, she goes
1: to to get like pizza, pizza, pizza the at the drive through <laughs> which i guess is the thing but the, the police see the boot open and they're like do you, you want to go over and check that out <laughs> the guy goes over and he's just kind of like what you got in the back there he's like oh wouldn't you like to know and the cop is like well i tried <laughs>
4: i found that really interesting as well because for but me it was a bit uh, like when something you know when there's like a crime happening in public or someone's getting attacked like people will you walk past it it's a sociological thing like people will assume someone else is going to intervene or someone else is going to call the guards yeah. I thought
1: so it that's where Henkel's going to do satire
3: I think that's what was happening it's <laughs> just <laughs>
1: stupid satire
3: and I think if someone had intervened like if someone had been like hey are you okay she would have been like yeah yeah we have <laughs>
1: We've fine we got it yeah. we have yeah, an yeah, agreement yeah, yeah. Darla is kind of the key to this I think in terms of figuring out what the hell is going on because <laughs> she is a very 90s kind of stuck character in terms of how she's presented like she's got the the actress looks like she went for a lot of roles that like Kirstie Alley got <laughs> like Kristen Johnson or people like that. Uh, you know the kind of Tony
0: Perensky is the name of the actor. she's got like a
1: suit and like the the big 90s hair and
0: I wonder what her room she looks like she could
1: <laughs> looks like <laughs> she looks yeah. like she could be like a Seinfeld girlfriend kind of a thing right I just I Dolores. she has a clapper again yeah. Yeah. I don't really understand what her job was her fake job was supposed to be like she was a... it felt yeah, like, like the front
0: of a
4: motel or something it was what? like a reception but for
2: what <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: There's a little, I love that there's a couch and a table with magazines on it and a water cooler. It's like, this is like a 90s version of an office. It's like Chandler's job. She has Chandler's job. Nobody knows
3: what she does. It's like real estate.
0: Yeah, probably. Like, let me show you this
1: house. That's what she looks like. It's like a real estate agent or something like that. Um, So, whatever is going on here is is tied up in (laughs) the the exploration of gender norms, the, the kind of 90s. the the, the changes to to society and all that. It's just all delivered very incoherently and focused on a bad actress.
4: Which was strange! (laughs) Which was really strange because like there's a strong kind of she's wearing purple throughout the whole film even that weird mad dress with all of the kind of straps and the stuff like that she changes prom into dress
2: yeah From
0: bondage dress because it's got little chain links yeah it's like chain links
4: and yeah it looks like um it's strange it's, that, you know that it's a was choice
1: that was well yeah that was kind of verging on a good choice because the the family in, in these movies they're out you know they they imitate the people that they...
0: Kind yeah, of, again, the literal wearing of the skin. Yeah. And Leatherface like, wants Jenny's When face, people are crying... Or leather, of, sorry.
1: Yeah. They're kind of crying at them, and they're, yeah. you know, they're having <laughs> mock dinners. McConaughey... McConaughey does that here. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's one of his not-quite-there acting bits in the film, I think, where he's, he's yelling at her, and he's copying Zelliger and that. So...
3: Again, I enjoyed that though. He has some <laughs> yeah, great. He, in- in- he, he makes some great choices in this, like when he jumps off the uh, the first floor onto the under
2: back the car, and he's like, "Boo!" <laughs> Boo! <laughs> <"Boop." laughs>
0: <laughs> <"Boop." laughs>
3: and. I
0: don't know if I was
3: scared, but I was certainly interested. Yeah, it was it was great. <laughs>
1: the, the The bit where he, uh, honest to God, goes, "All right, all right, all right," was, as he's uh, walking into was, the yeah. I think the highlight that was pretty incredible. <laughs>
3: they
1: say the line, right? <laughs> <laughs>
3: and they they were playing well together when he they, was yeah. spitting bits of food onto her. Yes, well. yeah,
1: yeah, and so that's and his relationship with with. Uh, darla darla yeah thank you um where you know he's obviously disdainful of her role as kind of the manager
0: organizer
1: uh, he's very pizza violent provider. towards her he's yeah. obviously he he's obviously very has, violent towards everybody yeah but he's got a distinctively kind of misogynist streak. yeah him, like he
4: um, slaps her it's not it's a different kind of violence it's yeah. And more, he does try to crush her under
1: his, yeah, yeah, yeah his and that as well, like literally under his foot. That's mm. where the, you know, that's where McConaughey, being a, a good actor even at this point, is kind of coming in because he's frightening to, or he's unsettling to watch. Like mm. he's physically, he's physical with these women in a way that's upsetting, mm. and is meant to be upsetting. So that that works. Mm. He's interesting with the two of them, mm. even if
3: uh, Dallas actress I don't think is great. Well, she's good with René Zellweger as well. They're, they're like even I like, thought she was
4: good. I thought she was yeah. funny. Yeah.
3: But, she's, uh, yeah, seeing, seeing maybe it's
4: she... not
1: on her then. But so yeah, that that stuff is kind of working. But then it's it's that's put next to the pizza's getting cold, and the, they just they don't mesh together, and you know, and it just the film is just really muddled and.
4: Because mm. that's the strange thing. I feel like they kind of do less with leather because they're more so setting up McConaughey Very as the kind of character. villain as the yeah. uh, but
2: it's not if you're going to do that face, then, and
4: not give him the chainsaw it. it doesn't it just doesn't make sense it's is a different you, kind of it's a completely different kind of film
0: yeah. part of me wonders if like this has the feeling of something where it's like well we need to do another round with funders, Mr. Henkel um would you mind just slapping a chainsaw in there? I think it's like. Well, think, what about my Illuminati point? It's like you well, can keep the Illuminati point. Just put a chainsaw. in I, there. <laughs>
3: I think that might be key to why this maybe might be key to why this movie is so poorly rated. Is that um, as a Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah, film? Yeah, because people want. If we didn't know that Letterface was supposed to be this kind of like important character. You'd just be like, Oh yeah, and then there was this um, <laughs> Screaming
2: uh, Scream. Ah yeah. Yeah.
3: they're just running around. And and we'd we'd be focused on the on the characters on that work with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I even like things like um I think he, he's kind of like slapped her a few times in the face to wake her up. She wakes up and looks around at this horrific. <laughs> <kind> <laughs> of, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, and then, then uh, Darlene comes along with a with a paper bag. To in the paper bag, it's brilliant.
0: I also quite like the bit where she stands up and Jenny's like, "I'm leaving." It's like, oh yeah, I said yeah. earlier on
3: that she had to- told Letterface to shut the <laughs> f- <cup>. She said, sit
0: <laughs> <she set> the <laughs> f- down." Yeah. And I another two <laughs> yeah, yeah leatherface respects boundaries um but yeah and i like that you know there's a sense up until the moment where i think wilmer arrives back in with heather that it's like yeah maybe that was all it needed maybe she just needed a firm you know take charge of the situation <laughs> lay down some clear boundaries and the family would respect that
3: at some point i felt like jenny was just going to kind of like settle in <laughs> just like um now I was part, part of the family you're not going to kill me because you respect me.
0: <laughs> um, but the bit where she's counting, where he's counting backwards and it's like, give me a reason not to kill you. And her reason is, you have a reason not to kill me, uh, which is yeah. some... In- no, that
4: makes sense to me. She's like, you want me alive for some reason. And it's like, she knows he wants to torture her to death. Like, she knows that it's not going to be as simple as just slashing the throat. That's what I took from that. Yeah, and
1: um, there's that, there's the implied kind of... Uh, sexual violence element to that mm. as well so he wants to do things to Zellweger but he can't because there's something else going on mm. it would be intriguing if it was mal
0: made but it's not And but you are you're this going... is the I'm in the mood for love followed by the, uh, <laughs> the sequence where he bites slash kisses Heather and That's then right, howls yeah, but... like a wolf with blood on his which yeah. is it's horrifying it's the most legitimately one of the most legitimately horrifying scenes in the film but, along with him crushing Heather beneath his boot again yeah. as but light. so
1: it is going somewhere it is that uh, it's at that point that the film has a bit of propulsion to it and a bit of intrigue to
0: it and then the Illuminati come in and <laughs> nobody knows their name except everybody who's watched the film because it's given in the credits as Rockman, which is a very strange choice but anyway we're well, sorry we'll
1: and then you're on a fast track to the utterly incoherent ending so I just
4: <laughs> I love that it literally says on his truck Illuminati on the yes, it's <laughs> <an> Illuminati wrecking <laughs> it's like called the Illuminati yeah, well
1: the, the small brain is for the Illuminati to be in a van that says like flowers or something because you're, 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 to be, you're you know, supposed to just of think that it's flowers the, oh, the triangle you know, galaxy the, brain the pyramid, is writing yeah. Illuminati on the van because if anyone sees that they'll go well that's obviously not the Illuminati but
0: also also love the fact that again you, you talk about like jenny trusting darla darla's like when the guy comes along in the uh in the pickup truck oh he's just gonna be a little forceful but you just tell him was it like tell him the cowsy cabbage and it'll work itself out i, I think
2: is the, the, the metaphor and that she,
0: she never did she a, a she never sad. did but b like when vilmer shows up in the pickup truck and tries to murder her she still runs back to darla which is very strange when there's yeah. I, there's and it's not like Darlas is the only place in sight because there's like literally an old gas station across the road. Mm. Like that's in a town that appears to be reasonably well popular. There are people throwing stones through her window and honking. There's an old gas station across the road that, like um, Jenny, knows she hasn't tried.
3: I just realized both those bloody Marys probably got knocked over, <laughs> <laughs>
0: and we're back to food waste. <laughs> yeah.
3: Like, those people were going to die anyway at some but they, point soon. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> but they're bloody there's Mary's. A of,
4: there's a lot of strange choices where it is a bit like, you know, why did you have to do this to get to this point? Right. Like, it's it's ways people just wouldn't behave.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, I think the woman in the RV does react appropriately to a man with chainsaw Because <laughs> yeah. she goes... He's got a chainsaw.
0: There's a monster. Step, <laughs> step on
1: it, Earl, or whatever you go.
0: <laughs> to be fair, like,
1: like that's all very reasonable.
0: Yeah, I mean, to, to be fair, Does she called her Mister or
4: something. No.
1: The, in, the husband, yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. American, kind
4: of yeah. like dad, and mom.
1: Yeah, but um, you know that that actually might be an area where this film improves on the original because the person that picks Ooh. up <laughs> <laughs> the hit you, yeah, no, at the no, end yeah. of the film very casual considering the circumstances the the the, the, that, or the, the car that picks up um
2: <laughs> oh the limo yeah
1: no no at the end of the, oh the original the original oh, yeah, sorry when that pickup truck picks up the, yeah, the lead thing, yeah uh from a like chainsaw wielding maniac it does it quite casually like oh yeah, obviously you want to escape from the mania. Hop <laughs> in like, and, and drive away. So, well, what do
0: you want on the radio?
1: Um, I The reactions that, of these characters made...
4: <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but I
0: think that, that, that for
4: me was like, again, this kind of dispassionate thing of people not being willing to help you in those kinds of situations. Well, I thought it was that. It's kind of showing like... Well, she does say don't extreme... stop, yeah. Yeah, was... there's not an extreme reaction. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so, that, But that bit, I kind of was like, oh, yeah, it's good that they're freaking out of it. The... <laughs> the
3: guy with the but chainsaw. Then you perfect... shouldn't be out of, uh, during the day. <laughs> the There's something thing... very wrong. encapsulation <laughs> didn't of the... realize when the sun was shining that they should go home yeah. <laughs> like immediately. Sorry, Luke.
1: Yeah, no, but you have the perfect encapsulation of the difference between the two films because in Chainsaw Massacre, the shot of uh, Leatherface when she's gotten away wielding the 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 chainsaw above Mm. his head and kind of spinning around out of
2: like frustration frustration
1: and like being so angry but not really having any other way to to express that because of the 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 nature of the character and it's it's strange and it's 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 terrifying and it's it's really fascinating Mm. and iconic and in Mm. this it's happening like, you have an Orem video, basically. No, yeah. where they they do the same thing yeah. where where Leatherface is screaming and spinning, mm. but it looks like it looks awful because I've
4: sure it twice.
1: Yeah, and it's like, not actually center frame either, yeah. and like the spinning around again. The body language is awful, so yeah. it just looks like like a really awkward it, it's non-trained because, actor it's because you're missing that link plastic.
4: like in the in the in texas chainsaw massacre it's been set up that this is the way that this person communicates this is the only you know because it's not quite human it's dehumanized so it's just the chainsaw whereas with this because they're the chainsaw isn't really featuring as much it just doesn't make sense
1: yeah it just looks it looks like a fan film at that point yeah um
0: like, it looks it looked to me a little bit like an indie music video again because you have the kind of like OEM knockoff happening in the background it's like dances with chainsaws it's like because the way that he's spinning it it's it's yeah. almost like he's kind of going to throw it up in the air and yeah. catch it or something yeah. like that and you got those shots of like the sun setting as well which There's is sort of like yellow playing for no reason yeah. <laughs> it's the camera
4: as well the camera follows him too much and yeah. it, ch- it, <laughs> it does it has a strange a effect it should if it was kind of further out then you're getting that where it's a long take it's uncomfortable and it adds to it whereas here it's
1: but that's it's not the actual almost choreography like, and like, yeah. yeah it's not the actual ending of course because then they cut to the hospital and the <laughs> the like uh, the police officer the police officer like, or whatever is like we'll we'll find out what happened Miss, and she's obviously this isn't the first
0: time something like this has happened by the way I love the casual I love, casual say. I
2: love well, the that's, casual shade
1: that's one of those cute horror sequel things because the woman going by then on the gurney that's yeah, who is she? The actress from the, first the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ah. Uh,
0: but I, I love that, like the the introduction cast, and I believe the kids call it "shade," where it's like you know, in 1973 there was a horrific incident that happened. Oh, yeah. In the, there have been at least two minor incidents reported yes. since just so we're clear not on this I like this, this. yeah <laughs> no, this is a major incident the, the true this vision the of the oh, first It's
4: not <laughs> talking about the sequels yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I don't get it, that
0: because it, it's two minor incidents which would be the two and three right and then something right. much better and hopefully higher yeah. grossing happened in 1996
4: <laughs> I felt like it was nearly gonna do so you know at, at the end there's the woman on the trolley and she's being put and the size of the person pushing i thought was they were trying to say like that might be leather and what's going to happen there but they just didn't do anything with that
1: yeah that's what i mean where it's kind of incoherent because they're they're talking about the illuminati and whatever and then you do one of those cutesy horror uh homages or references to, to something you've done before or whatever and that's the you're choosing to end on that because it's i don't know it's a sequel and. It's just a it's a shoddy ending. and
4: Yeah, but then it cuts back, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it does. It cuts back to the sun <laughs> and then to Leather, Leatherface, who is presumably for the past like four hours that she's been giving her witness statement, yeah. has just been standing yeah. in the middle of the road yeah. waving his chainsaw. Just like, what do I, I do? <laughs> I love the idea that like W recovering from the head wound in the kitchen will be like, ah, he'll come home soon enough. Um, it just speaks
1: of indecision. Like, oh, this is the end point. Because actually, that's not a bad shot, him going out at the hospital door. It's shot well. Yeah, well,
0: because it's got the light. You got a really yeah, soft light. Yeah, And, got
1: like a and if it meant it's anything, strange. it yeah. would be a good ending. <laughs> yeah. But then obviously, but no, uh, wait, wait,
0: wait.
4: It could have so <laughs> easily meant that. Oh, leather works in this hospital. Like, there's a danger there. It's like the kind of abattoir the permeated
0: thing. Society. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
4: It would have yeah. made sense. But, but then, then b- to cut back and show, like, no, it's not at all. Because
1: then Hankog must have gone like, oh no, I need to match the ending of the original.
0: The lesser Chainsaw Massacre.
1: Mm. Then it's like, oh, I don't really know, so I'm going to do both.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Cut two. Yeah. <laughs> like, Showtime music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just mean,
3: weird and one, indecisive. One thing, like, throughout the movie, the, it really let down in terms of gore.
4: Yeah, because for a movie that is about sex in this way and has these female characters, it didn't really torture them in a way slashes usually do. Do you think so? Well, I don't think it did. I Heather gets visible.
0: put on a meat hook. Um, it's probably the worst. thing. I mean, Heather. Gets, well, Heather gets Comes
1: on fire. shoved That's in a fair. locker, like in the original. Yeah. You then put on a meat hook, like in the original. Mm. You
2: don't then
1: even... bopped with a stick in the middle of the road, not like in the. That original. was bizarre.
0: <laughs> I forgot about it. Darla.
1: That Darla. was actually my favorite Darla bit. Darla. Yeah,
0: she's like, "Don't Stop hit me." Stop hitting me. It's like, okay, but you better promise not to run off. That was um, amazing, that
3: <laughs> but like with the with, with the with the in in terms of gore or setting it up, like you don't have it's not shot in a way that you first see the 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 the, the kind of spike and, and realize oh no I, and then and then, and then all of a sudden land on them yeah. and then like I don't know a bit of blood kind of like running uh, yeah, down you, or, or like
0: you any pan sort to her of feet which are still twitching but there's no blood or anything like that yeah yeah, yeah. and she
1: is it just a budget thing? Like, does the director's co have more no. violent? Does the jock guy get No. actually shown? So, no. it must just be a budget thing. I right? don't think they it's don't a budget have...
0: thing. It'd
4: be so easy to show blood. Or to show to have the characters work out what's going on by seeing something like that. By, you know, kind of catching a glimpse. But, like, or... the,
1: the, all the characters that are killed in this, you've got the neck snap, which mm. is easy enough to do he does have a sound effect yeah the, the other guy Sean yes Sean gets yeah. yes, run over run over off mm. camera like you, you're inside the truck that and then sense. you're outside
0: the truck in the distance that
4: makes sense for, for me though also in terms of the actual narrative of the film like he's dispatching them because he doesn't want to kill them in the same them. way it's not yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, Heather gets like the majority of the actual this Torture, money yeah. Yeah. horror stuff and that's kind of it like yeah. I don't know
4: he cuts himself
0: yes cuts himself what do we
4: make of that
0: okay if let's that, you asked Jess just to be
3: clear weren't so all is, the 1993 really yeah, that could have been how in. like like he, he's finally coming after her, has caught up with her and then gets very tired <laughs> yeah. he's not lost, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've um, lost a lot of blood i yeah. wondering
2: was...
0: is this and again am I giving the film far too much probably. credit here probably is the answer and it happens because it happens repeatedly. So you have him cutting himself and you have Darla fretting and be like, stop cutting yourself, honey, and stuff like that. But the bit where even after he crushes Heather with his, and I feel like we haven't emphasized this enough, his mechanical leg. Yeah, if you've been, you been listening the whole time,
1: you <laughs> just leg. be like, what are they talking about? So they have, McConaughey has for no really explained reason. Because a, the 90s, the future,
0: globalization, cyborgs. A, Technology. A I felt
2: like a it
1: robot was because it's controlled by like remotes. Yeah. Um. I guess like he could
0: have got nicked with a chainsaw.
4: Again, like. it's dehumanizing. <laughs> it's kind that's of that's
0: why leather doesn't turn on the yeah, chainsaw, but you right? Her? But they're... Darla
4: says he's been shot a bunch of times. he's yeah. Kind of like oh, if you okay, shoot him, yeah. it's not no. no he's deal. been
0: shot a bunch of times. But shoot him in the gut and, and poison him.
1: But yeah. they're believes living in a random shack in the middle of Texas. Why does he have a robot? Like with purple fluid running it through it, that like is remote control. It. The Illuminati gave it to him. I think he but did it. Himself. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I
3: feel like he built it. It feels it's kind like of a, a very home kind yeah. of DIY. I, I kind of yeah. love
0: the sequence where he's running through the box of remotes uh, to find the one that controls his it's leg. Been yeah. There. yeah, I mean, who hasn't been there? But to get back to this idea of Vilmer cutting himself and giving the movie far too much credit. Is this, if this is a film about, you know, how... Thank you very much. (laughs) But about, like, you know, sort of like this idea of gender roles, as as Jess mentioned, and this idea of the conventional heteronormative family as, like, a trap. As, you know, as Henkel himself has discussed, and as a lot of people have read into the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, here, this is where Darren puts a little cherry on top of the crazy movie theory. Is this arguing that people like Wilmer, the patriarchal figures, are they the real victims of this sort of, like, horrific, brutal structure? cause he cuts himself he's literally hurting himself as he's trying to harm these women but he has this big emotional mental psychological breakdown after he kills Heather with his mechanical boot where he howls and he cries and it's like the most emotional moment in the film the most genuine emotion that anybody like involved even Jenny who is like having this horrible stuff happen to her it's the most like real sort of torrent of emotion sort of moment is the film maybe getting at something like that or am i giving it far too much credit you are Okay, thank
2: so you. So, is there anything anybody <laughs>
3: wants to plug? Or... Oh, yeah. So, is there anything, <laughs> anything we haven't discussed
2: already about
3: the text, Jason, no, I I'm, I Sorry. The, the, uh, do, does, anyone, <laughs> does anyone think... Um... It's obviously an
1: expression of McConaughey's sense of impotence and frustration. When you and,
0: say McConaughey, and... you mean Vilmer? Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. Uh, his kind of... His frustration in that he's got an outlet. Like, he cuts himself up. They must have had. A, that's the amount of blood that they. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. They they use it on him. It can't. That that I don't know. I can I can kind of see what you're saying, uh, because a lot of what the film is grasping to say. Yes, uh, is mm-hmm. in that area. Male characters and that is is on is on Filmer, um, but then he gets knocked over by a plane. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. From the
0: Illuminati. Yeah, so. in the North by Northwest, how much?
4: <laughs> I just find it strange because I feel like setting it on prom night and, you know, her wearing the white dress and the kind of red flowers, kind of hymen metaphor, I felt like they could have done a lot more to make that link between, like, prom night and, like, oh, it's the, you know, the night people kind of stereotypically lose their virginity. And it just didn't do that.
1: Yeah. Right. Because, like, it as i've said before it is one thing having an idea what is it you're actually trying to say with that yeah and if you don't know you end up with confused films like this
4: because it was like it was trying to say 10 different things so it just didn't say anything
1: and then you're like well we're flailing a bit throwing a bit of comedy mm. hopefully two of the people in this will turn to be it will work American out. sweethearts
3: imagine <laughs> that they spend all that money on the plane yeah, at
0: the end yeah. that's where the budget went for the Illuminati ending this is why it doesn't feel like a reshoot this is why it doesn't feel like something that was forced on Henkel from above this feels like it was always part maybe, of the vision maybe we're not they could going to do this at night <laughs> because it then you won't see just, the plane maybe yeah, they had bright that. yellow plane yeah,
1: <laughs> maybe they had that and all the rest of the
2: movie was, was reverse reshoot.
0: engineered yeah it's like Henkel always had that image of McConaughey being run down <laughs> by a yellow and again you were talking that 90s conspiratorial thing it's a pesticide spraying plane mm. cuz of course the You know, New World Order is controlling us through chemical sprays and chemtrails and stuff like that. So yeah, it kind of... I, having read interviews with Henkel, which will include in the show notes, I can believe that Henkel's starting point was Matthew McConaughey cyborg is run down by an Illuminati-controlled pesticide spraying plane. And we get there, we'll figure it out as we go.
4: But why? Why would the Illuminati dispatch him? Like, has yeah, he, be, what's he done wrong? What?
1: <laughs> that, I mean, that that's the great meta moment at the end of the movie where a character feels that they have to apologize for the movie yes. being so bad. Rothman, like yes, Rothman,
0: he, yes. He literally says, it's been an abomination. <laughs> <laughs> this was supposed to be a spiritual experience. I can't inspired. tell you how disappointed... I am
4: <laughs> it's almost like he's an insert for the director because he's like I want to show you what real horror is and everything and yeah. it just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I that's
0: not I want, I want why people to know the meaning of horror yeah. that's horror, why am I clear
1: that's why he kills McConaughey because he wants McConaughey to do this and he's he's doing a crap job of it What a strange choice. Joining after
0: again, crazy, crazy theory. Daring to jump to the defense of this movie based on what we know about Henkel and Henkel's perspective, being that like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre script was a work of crazy genius. And what it became was are you monstrous...
1: To, are you about to say that McConaughey is Toby Hooper?
0: That's pretty much what I'm getting at here. <laughs> so, like, what you have is you have Henkel who's given the keys to this Ferrari that he helped build, but which he never really had a great deal of respect for, which he felt was sort of, like, not respected by the people who took care of it after he handed the script over. So you have him literally murdering, like, the embodiment of this hillbilly family, which is a stereotypical sort of, like, a archetypal vision of, like, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So what the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is in inverted commas, really about, close inverted commas, which is the Illuminati, apparently, <laughs> um, can come to the fore. Imagine you were just in this room hearing all this. It would just sound so <laughs> It really would sound... And would probably make as much sense as the movie itself. <laughs> uh, I think that sort of wraps it up. Unless there's anything else anybody has they want to talk about.
1: Would that make... Uh, Leatherface, <laughs> would that make him the Spielberg analogy? Because... <laughs> McConaughey running around doing all this, but then is that all the real work. Is that just it's being, being done by Leather. By Leatherface all along, <laughs> yeah. as it turns out.
0: Um, leather is yeah. off directing a poltergeist movie as we speak. Uh, or so the legend goes. Uh, no, apparently it's, it's been confirmed. Apparently there's been, um, like, crew members who've worked on it who've said, yes, Spielberg basically stepped in. I think that came out about 2015, I believe. Well, the
1: pretty, it?
0: fair point. We could
1: have been talking about a more interesting thing. This That
4: whole is whole interesting, though, because I recognize that and i didn't know spielberg was involved i kind of recognized the approach to jaws and i'd say i would be surprised if he didn't have rena fields his editor on it
0: on poltergeist yeah 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 the the (laughs) rumor is that yes spielberg came in and basically took over um the direction and ending is a Bird rumour gotcha. <laughs> 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 sorry Barry <laughs>
3: Steven Spielberg's known as a good guy but uh, secretly he likes to direct movies
0: <laughs> 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 this continuing um, Andrew Quinn's Spielberg truth or corner
1: yeah. it was um, all quashed by the Illuminati <laughs> and in fact like, this film as you say was, was kept quiet for a couple of years it was it was buried for three no, no, no. years you said by the agent but I think what's pretty clear by now is actually that it was buried by the Illuminati
0: which yeah. you, you can recognise by their belly piercings yes Yes. So just they work. didn't
4: want that getting out yeah <laughs>
0: That's why they wear suits. So yeah, can't I can't
1: say, uh, if
3: you're suspicious of anyone... He's got a six-pack as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he a has six... it carved into <laughs> <laughs> his, his belly. 90s plastic <laughs> surgery <laughs> wasn't quite as advanced <laughs> his as we Belly are piercings yeah. as well. Like, like anyone who hasn't seen the movie... <laughs> this <laughs> must sound very surreal. You could
4: have done an interesting patriarchal thing there and they just...
3: That's
1: it's a, just not. Yeah, That's pretty much it. You could have done something interesting <laughs> with Texas Chainsaw Massacre the Next Generation. But they didn't. Yes. The <laughs> and,
0: and thank you for suggesting that we watch this movie, Luke.
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad that you bring that up, Darren, because there is actually a reason that uh, I suggested that, that myself and Jess come on to review this particular entry on the, the IMDb's bottom 100 list. And the, the reason for that is that very soon, uh, in July 2019, if you, if you listen to, to this after the fact, Myself and Jessica will be launching a podcast of our own. Isn't that right, Jess?
4: Yeah, so it's going to be the breakout role. Um, and we're going to look at films where, you know, big big names like, say, Renee Zellweger will look at their first starring role and discuss.
1: Yeah, kind of look back at their career, look back at their very first film. Not the first film that you would necessarily know them from, although that might sometimes happen. But the first, actress, this, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the first film where that actor or actress... Let's not go overboard on this. The first film where that actor or actress is the lead uh, and, you know, supposed to be carrying the film. So we'll be kind of looking back at how did they get that role? Were there signs back then that they would be the star that they would become, as is the case here with McConaughey and with Zellweger, and looking at some films that hopefully some of them will be good. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of them are going to be bad, but it's <laughs> going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I just...
4: Oh, with a strong actor like that because with renee zellweger she so, she is good in this it's yes. a strong performance and it kind of carries the film it's something compelling to watch
0: so hopefully that will
1: continue it's a good reminder of the qualities that she has as an actress because i know she's got something on netflix at the moment yes what, what if?
0: if yeah which is again that 90s sort of nostalgia wave kicking in what if indecent proposal but with renee zellweger yeah
1: so, yeah, so we'll be looking at films similar to, to this in, in the Breakout Role podcast.
0: Um, do you have any lined up, actually? So what can listeners expect in the first slate, Uh
1: Well, our launch episode is going to be about an actor that will be particularly interesting to see the origins of. It's going to be Nicolas Cage in his first starring role, the 1980s coming-of-age teen comedy Valley Girl. Cage himself is obviously not a Valley Girl. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he is not the he play, Valley Girl. He plays a bad boy. It's
4: kind yeah, of a he's wrong a boy side of from the, the, the
1: wrong side of the tracks in Hollywood that takes the traditional kind of 1980s, oh my god, like whatever, Valley Girl. What
3: would your parents say?
1: Out on a, a wild night,
3: you know. Because he has some very good early uh, career work as well. Uh, like, Vampire's Kiss. What, uh, what? Um. <laughs> I remember seeing him and finding him very funny in um what was it um whatever is is it whatever happened to Mary Sue or Peggy Sue is Mary Jane I think Mary Jane is it yeah. yeah
2: yeah
1: yeah and this isn't Valley Girl is the early ish 1980s uh, so it's not too far off with, like Moonstruck and stuff like that and uh, well is he that same actor does he still have that that kind of polished performance that he we would later know so uh polished is an interesting it is. Was it? Uh, Ethan time Hawk? will tell
0: Ethan Hawke described him as the only actor to do anything interesting with the art form since the ancient troubadours uh which I think is a great sort of summary of Nicolas Cage as a performer
1: <laughs> yes we will we shall see Darren <laughs> well, um, let's
0: find out <laughs> uh all right so you can follow the breakout podcast on twitter yes uh that's at
1: breakoutrollpod perfect on twitter uh and we'll be on instagram as well under the same handle ooh uh, and Instagram. you should be able to find episodes of The Breakout Roll. They'll be hosted on uh, filmindubland.ie. Nice. Um, and, yep,
0: yeah, so perfect. And if people want a bit more Jess, a bit more Luke in their lives otherwise? Uh, well, you can find me on
1: Twitter at MrCynical. That's cynical with an I. And you can find myself and Jess writing on
3: filmindubland.ie. And Andrew then? Yes. Um, hello.
0: <laughs> if you want a bit more under in their lives are you co-hosting a podcast or yeah
3: any... I, I co-host a podcast every week with uh, my friend Darren Mooney it's called the uh, 250 you can find it on uh, Stitcher uh, SoundCloud um, it's available on Spotify now yeah. uh, you're listening to it right now Yeah, and uh, yeah subscribe <laughs> uh, leave a review and um, listen to this episode again after you've listened to this
0: okay. um, alright then you can follow me at Darren underscore Mooney um what I would recommend actually a, just a quick recommendation if people are looking for some McConaughey like a terrible Matthew McConaughey movie that is actually great fun came out earlier this year Serenity. Mm-hmm. Serenity is something to behold. It is Matthew McConaughey is hired by his ex-wife Anne Hathaway to murder her current husband played by Jason Clarke and it is impossible to describe mm-hmm. what the movie is or how it is. It is something to behold. So if listeners are, like, have just watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, and are like, you know, I want some McConaughey in my life, but I don't want like good McConaughey, <laughs> I, I go with, try, give Serenity a go. It's probably right what you're looking for. It's actually eerily similar to um, what Henkel kind of thought he was doing with uh, The Next Generation. In fact, I think that's what, you know, Serenity thought it was doing as well. There is similarly a man in a suit who shows up for no reason to explain the purposes and rules that govern the existence uh, of the world in which McConaughey finds himself. So it's kind of an interesting parallel there. Illuminati confirmed. (laughs) <laughs> the the McConaughey shared universe. Can we fit? It's a funny. Time to kill back him? in
3: 1996, we thought all the Illuminati stuff was uh, just just people with with you know tin foil hats. But now we know it's all true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you, thank you, Mr. Kim Henkel. Uh, on that note, we'll be back next week. We'll hopefully be continuing. We're doing a miniature 1994 season. We'll have the wonderful Phil Bagwell be joining us to discuss uh Couleur Rouge uh, to mark. Bastille Day, which is falling next weekend. Uh, Say hi, Phil. Yo. All right, take it easy, guys. We'll be back next week. Bye. 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 Bye.